to really, you know, it's a little simpler than it seems. Sometimes you need to determine, you know, what you have on your team as far as people, strengths, and opportunities. Try to determine where the business is heading and connect those two pieces. And so really it's about understanding the business in a way that you can then connect people with their strengths to that. And so I think sometimes people overcomplicate it, right? You try to get two matrix, you try to get it on a sheet of paper. And in reality, it's here's what we're trying to do. Here's our team. And how do we put those things together to make it happen? And if something's missing, how do we fix that so that it's not missing any longer? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. I want to ask you something, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get all of your answers, but, but I'm going to ask it in a way. How many times have you heard we have to align with the business in HR? You know, we have to be, we have to increase our business acumen. We have to be better at aligning uh, HR strategy, people's strategy with business strategy. This has been going on for a long time, and I understand that there are still gaps in capabilities, skills, uh, strategies, practices on how to do this effectively. And that's why I always enjoy having conversations where we can dig uh, deeper into how to translate HR strategy and align it with business strategy. But more importantly, even within this uh, HR strategy, there's one component that not only has become way more prevalent these days, which is building people first culture. But now the challenge for us, the interesting challenge for us in HR is, is how to build people first culture and connect that with business outcomes and the success of the organization. And we're going to have that conversation today with somebody who has been in the space of coaching, leadership development, um, change management, succession planning, team building, creating powerful cultures across uh, and along her career leading HR. So Sally, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Very much glad to be here. Doing great today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I am very excited about this conversation. I know you're passionate about business success and you're passionate about building people first culture. So let's just go right into, into the topic and ask you, how do you connect dots that sometimes seem so far away from each other, right? I mean, that's seemingly what they look like. How do you connect them in, in real life? So really, you know, it's a little simpler than it seems. Sometimes you need to determine, you know, what you have on your team as far as people, strengths, and opportunities. Try to determine where the business is heading and connect those two pieces. And so really it's about understanding the business in a way that you can then connect people with their strengths to that. And so I think sometimes people overcomplicate it, right? You try to get two matrix, you try to get it on a sheet of paper. And in reality, it's here's what we're trying to do. Here's our team. And how do we put those things together to make it happen? And if something's missing, how do we fix that so that it's not missing any longer? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel that talking about business acumen and aligning, aligning with the business, it feels like you know, New Year's resolutions, you know, every year we go back in time and we make the same resolution all the time. And two weeks later, we are like back the way we were before. What is preventing the actual realization of the increase in business acumen from HR practitioners and leaders? And number two, what is preventing the, the final realization of connecting HR strategy with business strategy? What's on the way? So I think one of the things that's really important is that I think for a lot of years, as we all know, you know, HR was a paper push, right? It was sit behind your desk, do your job. 
that's not really what it is. It's understand your business and what you need to do to be successful in that, meaning people, skills, training. And so really understanding that, you know, I've always thought it's interesting that, you know, as a people or HR practitioner, we expect managers or, or our teammates to understand what we do but we haven't always taken advantage of, you know, learning the other way. And so if you're going to expect somebody to understand how do you grow and develop somebody, how do you work on performance management? How do you, you know, look at succession planning, but you're not willing to look at how do they grow their business? How are they successful in what they do? Then you're not going to have that mutual respect. And that's sometimes where it's missing is that it's kind of a one-way street yeah. um, and it only goes one direction. It needs to come both ways, right? I want you to learn about how to better you know, lead your team, how to manage people, how to be, you know, a better person to help your team have the skills and tools. And then the other way is teach me about what you're doing. Yeah. What do I need to understand so that I can get the right person in the role? What do I need to understand so I can help you be successful and really being solution-based together? And I think sometimes that's where it's missing is it's not a one-way street. It's definitely two ways and it changes, right? Ebbs and flows sometimes of who, you know, needs to share more information or where the gaps are. But I think really acknowledging that it's a two-way street. I've always loved learning about the business because not only do I enjoy the businesses I've worked in, but it's so important that you know what you're doing. You can't train somebody. You can't give them skills. You can't help find the right candidate. You don't really understand what they're doing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love that. Uh, you know, what a, what a great insight. And some, sometimes, you know, when, when I think about the future of HR, I think about sort of two parts uh, of the future of HR, the transactional part and the valuable, um, you know, uh, uh, sort of change making part of HR. The transactional HR, you know, we will continue to see more technology sort of taking over those transactions. And on the other side of the valuable HR, I think about one example, which is employee experience. And the question has become to me, you know, who leads employee experience? And in my view, of course, it's got to be HR. But if you happen to work in a company where you don't understand the translation of employee experience for your business units, somebody else will be taking over that role because maybe they are understanding more about how people operate than you in HR understanding how they in business operate. And that creates, you know, quite a challenge for us to, uh, you know, in my view, it is like, you know, pushing us to, to get closer to the business and truly understand how we can serve them better. And, and honestly, it costs zero money to be able to do that, right? Yeah. And I do find sometimes, you know, when you're in the HR or people space, you get hesitant maybe about asking because you don't want to seem like you don't understand about the yeah. business. Um, and so that becomes kind of a challenge in of itself. So kind of pushing past any you know, challenge of, you know, I should maybe know what that means already, or, or why don't I understand that and really having the courage to ask so that you can really understand versus kind of doing that. I understand on a very surface level. Um, I've been really doing that my whole career. I kind of, you know, stick the foot in the door, ask to be invited to meetings, ask for things that maybe, you know, may or may not seem like they're direct related so that you have an opportunity to understand all the things on the peripheral that are going to impact what you need to do to help your team. Yeah, that is fantastic. And, and I love that you're mentioning the word courage because, yeah, you know, it's, it's courage to ask the questions. It's being curious. And at the end of the day, this is what's going to make you successful as a nature leader. I mean, it's understanding the people that you're working with and serving and, and then coming back to sort of the design board to see what makes sense from HR to serve those uh, units. And I'm actually going to use this as a segue to ask you now about building a people-first culture, building a people sort of oriented culture and the relationship with that, with uh, the success of the business. 
I, I think it should be pretty obvious, right? Uh, that as you connect, as, as you build a people first organization, then your business uh, will succeed. But can you dig a little deeper into the nuances of this connection here? Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I think sometimes we tend to overcomplicate it. If you could go back to, you know, what are you trying to accomplish? And then how do you do that? You know, there's this approach of if you take care of your teammates, if you make sure that they have all of the, the tools they need, they have the right training, they have the right support, they have the opportunity to grow and learn, you're able to then connect it with the strategy of the business because people are engaged They're They want the business to be successful. A lot of times, if you come at it the other way, here's what the business needs. Now let's go and match the people to that. It's kind of backwards versus here's our team. Here's what we're trying to get to. And how do we make that work? And then people are actually involved in the solutioning in having the success. They are invested personally in the success of the business versus trying to get people to do things because you want to hit a number because you yeah. want to have a certain amount of sales. If you do the right things for your people, those things come much more naturally because people want to be successful. They want to have the company they work for succeed. And so when you have that commitment to your people on the front side, you then have the results you want on the business side because yeah. you have invested, you've done the right things. People are engaged. You have the right people in the right roles. You're giving them the training where there's skill gaps. And then you have this ability to really drive the success of your business. Yeah, I love that. And you know, one, one thing that always, whenever I have these conversations uh, with HR leaders like yourself, there's, there's a question that always comes up or a comment that always comes up. And that is uh, some HR leaders have been incredibly uh, fortunate to be working with business leaders who believe in this. So you don't have to sell anything to them because they are like, you know what, Sally, get it done because, you know, I believe in a people first organization, but there are many cases in which this is not the case. There are, you know, HR has to become, uh, you know, much more of an influencer uh, to help their business leaders see the benefits of building this people first uh, culture. What's your advice to the HR leaders that are in that camp struggling to on the one hand, build the people first culture, and on the other hand, convince the business leaders that this is the right thing to do for the people and for the business. So I think, you know, obviously in the beginning, you know, if you don't have, and, and a lot of times I don't even think that, is, that they're not supportive, is that they may not understand mm -hmm. what they need or what they're missing. And so in a lot of ways, it's up to us to show them that. And that may come in small wins. And so not to get disappointed, right? If you want to kind of have this you know, switch from whatever the culture may be if it's not people first. It's not like you just flip a light switch and it changes. There's small things that happen over time. And as those small, thing ha small things happen, you can then go ahead and connect it to the business success. And the more you're able to do that, the more you're able to then leverage the people first to get to the business success. So sometimes it's just small, right? Maybe there's a challenge in the business and by investing in maybe an extra training course or some extra coaching and development, somebody's able to better find a solution for that. So it might be a very small win the first time, but when you say, listen, we committed to our team, we gave them what they needed and here's what happened, that can then kind of flourish and continue to grow. So it's not gonna be a switch that flips overnight. Yeah. You know, it's not gonna be some, some event that like today it's one way, tomorrow it's the next. It's gonna be this constant kind of iteration towards it. And you just have to really stay focused on those things and understand like if you're committed to people first, you then need to bring the rest of the team in. And again, back to understanding the business strategy, 
the more you understand, you know, where the business is headed, the more you can make those things align and the more the value increases at a quicker pace. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, this is so valuable uh, because I mean, everything in the HR space seems and feels like so overwhelming uh, all the time. Like whatever change you want to do is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do this gigantic change management thing to make this little thing happen. And like you said before, you know, those small wins, I sometimes call them like the low hanging fruits that, you know, things that are pretty evident that are not working in the organization that maybe some quick turnarounds can create, you know, some some improvement in those areas. And then you can show off those improvements to your business leaders and say, hey, you know, I, I invested only, you know, this amount of time, this amount of money in this one thing and look at the change that we were able to achieve. You know, give us a little bit more leeway, more resources, whether money, time, uh, and, and the championship that we need from you to do more uh, and continue fixing this problem. So I love that idea of, you know, those small wins that, uh, put together, contribute to uh, creating something uh, much better. Uh, Sally, as we get closer to uh, wrapping up our conversation, I want to ask you one more question. What skills, what capabilities, what competencies do you think uh, HR leaders, HR practitioners need to embrace in order to be effective at building a people's first culture and connecting that with business success? So I think there's a few things, you know, obviously emotional intelligence, you've got to be able to read the situation and read the room, because as we talked about kind of that transition to a people first, if you're not already there or staying with the people first, you really have to understand your audience, you have to understand what the needs are. And then from there, we add in, as we talked about the business acumen and knowledge, but ultimately being a strong practitioner in your own knowledge area. And so, you know, a lot of times I notice in HR or the people space, you know, we don't spend as much time on our own growth and development as we would for others. And so sometimes you have to actually take a step back and say, if this was somebody else, what would I be encouraging them to focus on? What training might I suggest to them? How would I help them grow and develop? Because a lot of times we spend so much time looking out for everybody else that we sometimes forget about our own development. And I think it's important that we set the standard and the example that when you, you know, take the time to train, to grow, develop skills, you get a stronger employee, you get somebody who's better able to contribute to the success of the business. And so using yourself sometimes, although it's kind of counterintuitive to how a lot of us in the people space operate, it is really important to kind of use that in our teams as the example. Yeah, you know, I think that is, that's exactly what we're trying to do with Hacking HR, right? It is like, you know, I mean, we care about your organization, but if you are serving them, you know, like the oxygen mask thing, I mean, this applies to self-care, wellness, well-being, and, you know, your own growth uh, as a, as a, um, your own growth as a, as a professional, that if you want to help others grow, you will have to grow too. I mean, to continue to increase value and, and serve them better. So uh, Sally, thank you so much for spending this time with me and sharing all these powerful insights with me and the community. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.